2: A time machine, out of a DeLorean. This
1: is the stupid cancer show. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the (laughs) Mundus. (laughs)
2: <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now the hosts of the stupid cancer show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zeppelin. nine not that there's anything wrong with us? Oh yeah.
3: Monday, November first. And welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adults with cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer.
1: And I am Lisa Bernhard, 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we are your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show.
3: Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time.
1: Tonight's show, Insurance and Navigation. What is navigation, you ask? Well, you will find out from Sharon Franz, oncology nurse navigator and president of the National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators, and Becky Trump, also an oncology nurse navigator and vice president of the National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators, and leading it all off in the survivor spotlight, returning champ, Jesse Herskowitz, young old survivor, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, that is, singer, songwriter, and recording artist extraordinaire. As a reminder, this broadcast is a production of
3: the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation online at i2y.com. We help young adults fight cancer every day and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40s to the national spotlight where it belongs, because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. No, that's not okay. And a stupid cancer
1: welcome. To all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and iTunes, as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan.
4: So
3: uh, please welcome our chief cancer anarchist and vice president of the grassroots programming, Mr. Jack Bufar. That's Jack. Hi. Just Jack. What's up? Happy uh, belated Halloween by a day. Belated Halloween? Yeah. It's almost
4: it's almost election day.
1: Happy early election, election day. Election day? Yes. He doesn't Like vote. people
4: vote? Yes. No, no one's voting. American Idol doesn't start until January. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no,
4: that's my job. Where is it? Here it is.
1: That's when the votes
4: really count.
3: <laughs> anyway, Jack will be monitoring our live interactive concurrent chat room. Yes, we have a live chat room during every broadcast. If you have any questions for our guests, please let, it, let them know. Uh, we'll do our best to get an answer throughout the show.
1: And we wish she were here, but she, we know that she's here in spirit. Amanda Freeman, our fabulous Broadcast production assistant, young adult survivor, giving a big shout out and lots of love Hi, to Amanda. Hi
3: Amanda, we love you, Amanda. You'll be back soon. Yes, she will. Now we have a full studio tonight. Packed a lot house. of in-studio yeah, guests, special guests tonight. Uh, Aaron Eloise and Kenny Kane are in the house as usual. Our um, one of our interns, Mark Kwan, young adult survivor of ALL acute lymphoblastic leukemia, is in the house tonight. Look up, Mark. Hi, Mark. He's waving, but it's radio.
4: Mark doesn't speak English.
3: <laughs> <laughs> April Kapil uh, is in the house. There she is. She is. Uh, Hello. How are you? Get I'm that great. Mic up.
5: Thanks for having Hi. me. Hi.
3: What's your story and why? Should um, I care?
5: I am a two-year breast cancer survivor, and I'm in New York to run the New York Marathon. Hi. Yes. Fantastic. For, for who? Actually, for Fred's team, for Sloan
1: Kettering.
4: That's good stuff. I'll tell you what. You want to make a wager? Marathon. I bet you it'll take me longer to run the half marathon than it will take you to run the full marathon. I'll,
1: ma- I'll, I'll, I'll lay my money down. i on, on that, that Yep, Count we're, me we're in. all on that.
4: Count me in. Yep. I I'll it. bet you ten Taco Bell bucks.
3: Actually, we could make
1: a lot of money for the organization with that one. That Why just, didn't we think of that the earlier?
3: Yeah, yeah. I won't Rosie Ruiz it either. It's the under-under for Jack Buffard. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and if I die, everyone has to give an extra $1,000. Uh, that's exactly what's not going to happen. But in any case... We have in studio John Sabia, our multimedia director. John Sabia is an amazing guy. If you've ever seen our documentary films or any of our sizzle videos, he is the man behind the curtain. JSAB. Responsible for all of that. JSAB's in the house. And Liz Taytu, a young adult survivor, courtesy of Aaron Eloise, is in the house tonight.
4: Wait, you belong to Aaron? Yes,
3: everyone, Curtis, belongs, to Aaron. everyone belongs to Aaron. No, but they have the same... Uh, the. Another phylloides breast cancer yeah. survivor. It's a
4: big word that wow. I
3: can't pronounce. That's what yes. they share. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But big big doings. It's a very, very rare condition. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. It's great to have you here. Four
1: breast cancer survivors in the house. Yes. Two phylloides.
3: And two non-phylloides.
1: Yes, and two non-phylloides. Triple negative. Triple negative. I had it before they were measuring. I had brain measuring. cancer. Does that count? <laughs> Starts with a B. Yeah, exactly. BR. Am
4: I the only lymphomaniac around
1: here? Yeah, no, you no, are. no. Uh,
4: no, Hershkowitz.
1: Oh, Hershkowitz. I'm, a, Hershkowitz, I'm a lymphomaniac.
4: Yes, you are. Who said that? <laughs> That's a bad 80s commercial. Zach, Zach, the Legomaniac? Legomaniac. Right, and that's what I said when I... We're dating each other right now. I had a little bit of a scare like a year and a half ago. That sounded really bad. And I said, if I get lymphoma twice, does that make me Jack, the Lymphomaniac? I don't really think that is something
3: (laughs) I want to talk to you about. Okay, Mr. (laughs) Roboto. (laughs) So, geez, what the hell's going on?
1: Should we talk about, speaking of breast cancer, what you put on your Facebook wall, since well, we like to do that? Well,
3: we have to give a uh, – I, I feel like we should play the, the death march because Pinktober's over, and I'm <laughs> so excited. It, wait, I missed it? Oh, we missed – yeah, there was some awareness something happening in the last couple of months. I don't know. The, uh, pink, was that the color? And some body part involving women and – Is that – way, hold on a second. Is that why yeah. I saw a
4: pink cement truck the other day? I saw a pink porta-potties. That must have had something to do with – Shitting for the cure?
1: I had pink on my broccoli, Rob.
4: Yeah,
3: you know on the twi- what? On
1: the twisty around it. You know what? I had
3: I had vod- I had penny vodka, and <laughs> clearly that was something I should be aware of. Yes.
1: Well, okay, we've 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 beat up on Pink October sufficiently.
3: Right now it's Blue November.
1: Now it's Blue November. It's also pancreatic cancer. Purple November. Pur- I'm pretty sure. It's
3: purple Blue November. It's Movember. Yeah. Purple Blue Movember. Whew. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah it's uh. Good
1: night, everybody. Yeah. Teal was ova- o- ovarian cancer.
4: Sheil so is September.
1: That kind of got overlooked compared to Pink October. Wait, does right. lymphoma have a cover a color?
4: Yeah, it's
3: outside, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go look for it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's right outside that door near the cliff.
1: But yes, but we did a fantastic show talking about pink washing. <laughs> no, it was great. We were so exciting
3: last week. If you we missed our show last week, go to uh, stupidcancershow.com and download the show. We had breast cancer action on. Or iTunes. And iTunes or iTunes dot and we have breast cancer action on. We talked about pinkwashing, corporate abuse of consumer goodwill, and how you know there are companies out there that are making products that cause cancer, while at the same time making products that cure cancer. That's right. Gotta love the vicious cycle of business enterprise. Yes, you do. Yes, or
1: don't. So, um,
3: so tying up the breast cancer, there was an interesting post on my wall today that someone sent me. Matthew. I think it had something to do with that everyone who diagnosed with breast cancer by law should have uh reconstruction. Is that something it, like that?
1: It yes, just passed in New York State actually fairly it's recently. It. it is law in New York State Wow. passed earlier this summer. That if you Wait, br-
3: hang on, that gets one of these. <laughs> Yay. That's a win.
1: Yes, that is a win. Now there are a couple of people who who uh, made some good points on your Facebook page because What this is is nobody, and this is a little bit of a pet cause of mine because of some studies that came out a few years back um, done out of the University of Michigan Cancer Center, that showed that something like 70% of women are not given information about breast reconstruction when they are going through breast cancer. That's very bad. So we are not advocates for reconstruction per se because not every woman wants reconstruction, and that is totally okay. That's, oh, that's totally fine. Right. That yeah. is their right. But you should have all the information, and you should have good plastic surgeons. First of all, you should have good uh, general surgeons who refer you to a plastic surgeon. Right. And then you should have good plastic surgeons that explain any risks that might come with reconstruction, and that will also let you know that it's okay to not have reconstruction, right, should you choose to not have but reconstruction. But if it's a law, what if you can't afford it? You know, it's not a law. Well, it's not a law. To, you you mean to go to the plastic surgeon right. for the consultation? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, I suppose you can you can decline. I mean, you don't have to show up. I, but, think I mean, it's, it's not just,
3: like the state says you have to have ample bosom post-surgery.
4: Yeah, it's not <laughs> like they're knocking door to door to see
3: it's if... It's not
1: uh, an endorsement, for, again, for Reconstruction. They just want to make sure that all, women have all the information to make the choice that's best for them. All right, so the law is
3: really not that all oh, women have to get recruited. Re- Absolutely like, not. not. Like there
4: Good. isn't like 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 a
1: Absolutely like a van driving not. around
4: dragging people
1: to no, the plastic no, no, no.
4: surgeon's office.
3: It,
1: it's it's that silicone
4: that, implant palooza.
1: It's that your general surgeon must refer you to a plastic surgeon. You can then not go. So if it's you right at first refusal.
3: Yeah, yeah like you, you don't have having, you, you don't have even
1: have to show up for I the appointment. It. It's I just that you need to get. They need to inform you of all of your options.
3: I see. And then you take it from there. Okay. All right. Because I want to make sure that, you know, you get breast cancer, your doctor says, I'm sorry, we have to give you a mastectomy, and you are now forced to have reconstruction, otherwise, you're going to jail.
1: Yeah, that's not how it goes. That's Gattaca. You
4: want to, can I (laughs) share something intelligent? uh,
1: Wait a minute. Brace
4: yourself, everybody. (laughs) But I have a good friend who's a plastic surgeon here in New York City, and uh, we can
1: tell that you've got all that work done.
4: Well, he, he yeah, I mean it's not like I could get much worse. But anyway, he said that uh I guess the technology or or the procedures now in in breast surgery uh breast, breast plastic surgery. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm I thought you to talk about boobs know you but are. But he was saying that that there are some women who are able or who have been diagnosed with breast cancer where they're able to cut out the cancer via breast reduction. So, it saves them from the chemo and the radiation or whatever. They just cut it out and they go down a cup size or whatever. But then they can always build it back up again. So he was saying that breast cancer treatment has come a long way from the plastic surgery side because they can remove it via reduction.
1: I guess it depends on what kind of, if it had to spread to your lymph Well, and obviously, all the rest yeah. Of yeah. And
4: I'm not smart enough but. to have that part of the conversation with him. I was just <laughs> I like, mean oh, have nice. you have a full, so full workup there. Yeah. To tear them down and build them back up, my friend.
1: But there's amazing things that they can do with reconstruction using your own tissue or using implants or any number of things, but you don't, that said, don't have to have it. Just need to know what's out there. That's all like anything else. be informed, doctors and patients so that's what we talk about.
3: What else was on in the news this week, but we so obviously well, election day tomorrow,
1: the booby right. bracelets
3: again mm-hmm. in the news, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. like more and more like what like like middle school now, right middle school kids are getting kicked out of school for wearing boobies, make me smile, and I touch and I, myself, love and I love boobies, love boobies. Wristbands and T-shirts and
1: kindergartners are getting kicked out, but they don't know why because they don't know what boobies are. Right, well, exactly. Yeah,
4: what so? My friend Courtney Hamilton, that we've all that you guys have all met, she teaches eighth grade math in Westchester, New York, and she said that there are a ton of like twelve, thirteen year old boys running around with the I Love Boobies bracelets, and they have no idea that it has to do with breast cancer awareness yeah,
1: well, that's, and self-examination. That's so it
4: is it is like both sides of the equation. Like like they're definitely running around saying boobies, boobies, boobies. Not not realizing that the money that they spent on this bracelet is going toward a good cause and raising awareness for people, they just they're in that.
3: But it goes back to the larger that middle school. Th- this country mindset. is is
4: blitheringly ignorantly puritanical, and I hate it.
3: And yeah. it just bothers the crap out of me that someone could find an issue with this. I could understand if it's like church or something, you know. Yeah, you, you have to respect that those boundaries, but. Well I don't, even I, even I have, have no bracelets. words for it other than that this is a stupid country sometimes.
1: Well, you, the, the only thing is if they're too young and they don't know what they're talking about, as Jack said, right. you don't want them harassing the young girls. I mean, if somebody who was teased for having boobies in 6th and 7th grade and was mortified, the last thing I would have wanted was some kid, some boy, wearing a bracelet and going, ah huh boobies, boobies, not knowing what it represented. I got teased for
3: having boobies in 7th grade, but I was
4: just fat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so hold on,
3: Lisa. You guys
1: were having movies?
4: Movies, yes. So Lisa was being chased around by some 12-year-old in a Jackson Brown t-shirt. Saying, <laughs> movies, movies, movies. No, it was a Michael Jackson multi-zipper jacket. <laughs>
2: no, right. that was her I college did, year.
3: I did have one of those. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, um, let's let's get to our uh, our advocacy survivor spotlight tonight. I am incredibly excited to have him back on the show. I looked back at our calendars, and he was actually on the show In the fall of 2007, one of our first guests ever, and he deserves, uh, we'll pick this intro. All righty, Jesse Hershkowitz, a.k.a. Herbalist, is a three-year survivor of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I met his parents the week after he was diagnosed. (laughs) I drove into Middle Jersey for God knows how long to find this guy. Diagnosed at 25 years old, he chronicled his cancer experience in a hip-hop album called Cancerous Flow Lyrical Journal. Herbalist has been an independent artist and producer for 12 years. And currently resides and performs in New York, New Jersey. He was just signed to Sini Records. Shawnee Records. Shawnee Records.
2: My apologies to Mr. Shawnee. Shawnee Shawnee River Records. Shawnee
3: River Records. And he is... Been a rock star in our community for years. You've seen him in our rain. documentary film. It's a pleasure to have him back. Please welcome Jesse Hershkowitz. What's up? What's up? What's going on Jesse. in
6: the house? In the building. In the building. Indeed. Jack just blew out our herbalist. speakers. <laughs> it's the herbalist. It's the. Herbalist. And he didn't
1: walk out, despite the fact that we played Journey for his intro. Yeah. yeah. How much are you hating that, Jesse? <laughs> I don't know. I don't
4: know. <laughs> no one can hate that song. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, you know who hates that song now? The people that have heard the Glee version of it.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I agree, I agree. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: All right, Jesse.
3: So take it away.
1: Fill us in on your... Because you had non-Hodgkin's, but you had a tumor in your bone. Is that correct? Which seems pretty uncommon.
6: Yeah, I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma of bone, you know, which is a blood cancer of bone, basically. And I, I wish I, you know, was able to... I wish I knew more about the specifics that, you know, the differences between the two. But, you know, it just... I don't know, I was... My arm was broken one night while I was asleep by a tumor and you know, a week later I was in the hospital picking out what kind of port would go into my chest and so when they said non Hodgkin's lymphoma of bone I said, All right, well whatever it is, you know, let's let's move forward. So
1: it snapped like that in your sleep. You were literally in bed and your arm just broke.
6: Yeah, I, I, I woke up and couldn't move it. Wow. Yeah.
1: And your treatment again, fill us in you, you I what? uh
6: I did about seven months of chemo. Up at Sloan Kettering. I was living in Atlanta at the time, pursuing my dream, uh, down there and you know, I've I flew back up here, moved back in with my parents, uh, commuted into the city every day. And uh seven months later, you know, I
3: was all good. But what? the issue is it took you like you were you were lucky in the sense that you got diagnosed relatively quickly within five days. Yeah. But they were the worst days <laughs> Talk us through, I could have a song about it too, but talk us through those five days.
6: Well, I mean, the first day was just nonsensical. I mean, I tried to go to my doctor's office across the street, and they couldn't see me that day because they were all booked. So, you know, I went to the emergency room, and the people in the emergency room, they didn't even x ray me. They saw a 25 year old kid look, walk in looking healthy. You know, I had no weight loss, no, you know, normal symptoms. So, they uh, gave me a cortisone shot and a uh, bottle of Vicodin and said, you know, you have bursitis. Yeah. And I said, all right, thanks for the Vicodin, and went home. And- <laughs> so
4: you just overreacted, in other yeah. words. Wait,
3: you had bruschetta?
6: What? Yeah, <laughs> I had bruschetta, exactly. Okay. Oh, passed uh, over. But so I took the Vicodin, and, you know, it didn't work, so I knew something was up. You know, So I actually flew back home. I had already purchased tickets to fly back up north for a family party. Uh, And so I flew, I took that flight back up north, and I never made it to the family party. As soon as I landed, I basically went to the emergency room up here where they did an x-ray, and that led to an MRI, and then that led to...
1: All that fun stuff. So what did they... eventually ended up doing for the bone did they have to replace the bone they
6: actually did not they um they went in the only surgery they did was a biopsy they went in they did a a biopsy just to see whether the tumor was malignant or not when they concluded that it was they sewed me back up and they gave me eight months of chemo which they said would kill any microscopic you know particles of it that could have spread elsewhere and would also you know shrink slash kill the the tumor that was in the arm I mean there's dead tissue in there Still in there from the tumor But it's no longer active It's no longer alive It's no longer reproducing That's, but
3: I mean Jack's body is still all, all sorts of dead stuff now too Yeah, so. yeah <laughs> The part Like my soul when you speak to me in that manner <laughs> exactly, exactly what I was talking about Now, now Jess, the, the part about your story that, that hit me the most When I first heard about you and we connected Is that you're a musician You're mm-hmm. an artist You're a creative individual Yep And what did you do when you got sick? You wrote music. I did. That's I what did. I did. I wrote music. There are so many musicians out there, artists, poets, dancers, sculptors, painters, and what they do is they return to their anchor. They yep. return to what makes them comfortable. Rebecca Cherry, clearly yeah. someone who we had on the show, who was in our documentary film, Melanoma, violinist, professional orchestra. You know. Yeah, my it,
6: producer wants to work with her.
3: Yeah, she. <laughs> I mean, we're talking an extraordinary sea shift in the way you you, you view yourself creatively what comes out of you yeah. and you wrote all this music it I just came out of you like a like like a like a dynamo it really did i mean
6: this may sound corny but i've always viewed kind of music and hip hop music and like the creation of my own music as my psychiatrist <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't I don't go to a shrink. Maybe I should, but, you know, I... Oh, you should.
3: I, I, you yeah. live in the New York
6: that's City not, metro area and you're Jewish. That's you not to the first
1: time I've been told that. But, uh.
6: Wait, hold on a second.
4: You're a Jewish rapper?
6: Uh-huh. I, am, I am.
1: Can you name one other?
4: Um yes. Yahoo.
1: Um,
6: the Beastie Boys.
1: Oh, that's right. The Beastie Boys. Oh,
6: hello. <laughs> Yosef Eliezer. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I've always used kind of music to get what I was feeling out, you know, and... When I was first diagnosed, I didn't get my original diagnosis at Sloan Kettering. We happened to be lucky enough to have an oncologist in the family, my mother's cousin, who was a fellow at Sloan Kettering and now has, you know, a practice up near Foxwoods in uh, Northern Connecticut. So we drove, you know, two hours up there, and that was a real rough two nights. I mean, he just, he, I was in pain when I got there, so he put me on some strong pain meds, which, you know, threw me for a loop. Um, for the next two days, I was out of it and just really feeling feeling bad and I kind of when I got home from that trip I kind of locked myself in my room for a couple of days and just I wasn't sleeping I was just like I was scared for my life I was you know afraid that I might lose my arm or I didn't know what was going on and I had all this emotion going around and I finally just said you know what man you got to do what what you've been doing for years with it And it was all out of selfishness. It was all out of selfishness. Like, now I look back on it and I've got this album that I can help people with that, you know, countless people have contacted me and said that it's helped me get through this, listening to it. I can identify with it, which is great, and I'm all for it now. At that point in time, it was like, what am I going to do to get myself
3: through this? Because I'm going to go crazy. But it's not selfishness. It's selfless
1: selfishness.
3: Yeah. It's selflessness. Okay.
1: You have to do what you need to Is do that to, gonna heal, be the, to uh, help heal yourself.
3: Yeah, that's your new rapper that's, that nickname. That's the new yeah. Webster uh, <laughs> yeah. official dictionary exactly. word of, of 2010. So, <laughs> you, so you wrote Cancer Show Lyrical Journal, yeah. and now you have a new album.
6: Well, it's the same album. I, I wrote During the chemo treatment, I basically did everything myself. I wrote the rhymes while I was in the hospital, you know, sick. I produced the beats on my laptop while I was in the outpatient ward getting the chemo. Um, I recorded the rhymes in a spare bedroom that I converted to a studio at my parents' house, you know, with my chemo backpack on while it was infusing.
2: This is really um, a
1: cancer labor of love. Yeah, it yes, it is. This is born wow.
6: born of cancer. That's why it's a cancerous flow. But, um, so, you know, I felt that when, basically, and I promoted it myself individually, you know, independently for about three years, until one day I got a MySpace message from uh Harlan Lansky out at uh Shawnee Records in LA and basically he explained to me about how, you know, his company is very involved, very cancer related, named after a very brave young man, you know, who lost his battle to cancer a few years back and he told me a little bit about his company and foundation and, you know, said that, you know, we were really inspired by your story out here. You know, give me a call in the office sometime this week and you know, we'll chat. And that call that I gave him in the office led to a trip out to LA to meet everybody and and then that led to you know them offering me a recording contract when that happened you know I just wanted to polish up the album a little bit more there were some issues that I had with it and oh it's your baby you're a
3: perfectionist yeah. you're your own so, worst critic
6: and I happened to have these two uh producers up in Rhode Island shout out to Eighth Wonder and Vertigo who are amazing composers producers I worked with them a lot when I lived there so I just viewed this as an opportunity to be like, hey, you know, guys, take this, listen to the songs. I need 10 new beats, brand new beats. You know, play everything out. You know, I told them actually, well, they actually came to me with this idea, but they were like, we want this album to have a really live feel to it. So almost every song's got, it's not just hip-hop production. You know, it's like a lot of live musicians in, in the studio recording. And That's great. So, you know, and so we put it together,
3: and so it's the same album revamped, and... uh so let's uh so we're going to play a song called So Many Places. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is a song by a Jewish rapper.
1: Anything you want to tell us about it beforehand?
3: Uh this is one of my favorite songs off of the album I wrote this sitting
6: in a hospital bed and it's literally all the places I wished I was instead of that hospital
3: bed. Okay. All right. Ready? Let's Here go. we go. <laughs> Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is the wrong track. Hey, <laughs> <mLR> <xiété>
4: <laughs> <laughs> <speaking>
2: he's good at that wait, are we too. supposed to
3: pick
4: up his chair or something? <laughs> Happy Mitzvah! All
3: right, here we go. This <laughs> is so great. many places. Yeah. You
0: know, as I sit up here in my hospital bed, uh-huh. stuck up in the inpatient ward from the chemotherapy, yeah. I can't help but think of all the other places I would rather be than right here So many, but I am right here Doing what I gotta do Always So let's go uh, I'd rather be in Amsterdam, I'd rather be in school I would rather be at work, I'd rather be in school There are so many places I would rather be Than having this short needle being stabbed in me See, I'd rather be down in Miami Beach On stage, delivering a Grammy speech I would rather be in Cali. I would rather be married. I would rather ride around inside a GMC Denali. I'd rather be back in ATL and back on my grind. I'd rather not always have cancer on the back of my mind. I'd rather be finished with it than just halfway done. With chemotherapy, it's hurting in a bad way, son. I would rather be happy than be worried and anxious. I'd rather live in a world that wasn't blurry and thankless. I'd rather be on tour. I'd rather not want more. I'd rather leave the stage and get called back for an encore. I'd rather not be sitting in this hospital bed. With a disease that could unlikely leave me possibly dead I would rather be healthy right now than to be wealthy My head is really ready to snap, so please help me There are so many places I would rather be Than in the hospital dealing with a tragedy But I will not quit, hell no I don't give a shit, let's go There are so many places I would rather be up in here dealing with a catastrophe, but I won't give up. Hell no, I don't give up. Fuck, let's go. I'd rather be elsewhere, but it ain't my decision. I'm on an operating table and they've made a decision. I would rather not be here to tell you the truth. I'd rather perform what i recorded when in the booth. I woke up in the post-surgery recovery room, open I'd rather be just like a mommy in tune I'd rather be on TV just to promote my CD. I'd almost rather be in prison at home with a queen bee. When they told me it was cancer, there was finally an answer But I would have rather sustained a bite from a panther. They tell me not to stress it. They tell me to stay positive I just don't press it. I gotta just stay cognitive. I play impeccably in victory line. How did I get it? They tell me it's a mystery. Why? But I won't lose. I choose to consistently fight. I'ma beat it. I will defeat it and make history right. So even though I'd rather not go, I still show up. And I know that with chemotherapy, I will throw up. And y'all know I hate the chemo, I call it my cursed remedy. The type of shit that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. There are so many places I would rather be than in the hospital dealing with a tragedy. But I will not quit. Hell no, I don't give a shit. Let's go. There are so many places I would rather be than up in here dealing with a catastrophe. But I won't give up. Hell no, I don't. Don't
2: give a fuck, let's go There are so many places I would rather be Like at home having dinner with my family There are so many places I would rather be Without having this bullshit distracting me. There are so many places I would rather be,
0: like in a hashtag, surrounded by the tapestry. There are so many places I would rather be. There are so many places I would rather be. There are so many places I would rather be. Like at home, having dinner with my family. There are so many places I would rather be. Without having this bullshit distracting me. There are so many places I would rather be. In a hashtag, surrounded by the tapestry. There are so many places I would rather be. There are so many places I would rather be. There are so many places I would rather be than in the hospital dealing with a tragedy. But I will not quit. Hell no, I don't give a shit. Let's go. There are so many places I would rather be and up in here dealing with a catastrophe, but I won't give up, hell no, I don't give a fuck, let's go.
4: Love that, bravo! You know what? I love that. I I am dumbfounded right now. All this time I've been doing that as my karaoke song. I had no <laughs> idea it was just. No
6: this. idea it was mine. Right? <laughs> that one was produced by uh, by Vertigo, and that was actually nominated recently for a Hollywood in Hollywood Music and Media Award.
1: Nice. Nice. Wow. So how can people get your music? Where can they find it?
6: Um. Well, it's available on iTunes right now. Um. Shawnee Records put the the album out on iTunes. Uh, you can search for herbalist. You can search for cancerous flow.
1: And that's herbalist. U R B, not H E R B. No,
6: no, I'm not the herbalist. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, that's for California's vote tomorrow.
6: <laughs> True.
3: Um, but yeah, you can
6: find it online. Um, you can also check out herbalist.com. Um, oh, you which, finally got a domain. Well, yeah. It right now, you know, it's a nice flash page which links to my updated MySpace. Right. Um, so that's like the under construction, kind of uh, um, zone that it's in right now. But the MySpace right. looks great. We had a um, a team uh, put put a brand new MySpace together, and it's it's top notch. So. Excellent.
3: Yeah, isn't it true? MySpace is like largely for musicians now. There's yeah. not a lot of actual, like, non-artists on there. Is that just for pedophiles anymore? No, I guess not.
1: So let's just wrap up by telling us how you feel now. Have there been any after effects? Is your arm okay? Yeah, how awesome is, the is the your chemo? life since
6: you met me? Oh, man. Matt came into my life and it, you know, took a complete new direction. Um, actually, it's great, man. I'm I'm... I couldn't be happier right now, you know, from from where I was four years ago um, to where I'm at right now. My arm is fine. Um, I've actually gotten into weightlifting lately, which my oncologists aren't too happy about. But is that we've, right? But we've compromised on, you know, they don't want me doing it at all. Because and you can't put a strain on that well, arm? Well, I can't... had, when I was on chemo, I had doxorubicin, which I've evidently, thank you. Which uh, is a type of chemo that event evidently has you know long-term effects on the heart. So it's not that they don't want me lifting too much weight, I but think. they don't want me like the strain being put on the heart. So I got to do low weights and and a lot of reps. But so every now and then, you know, my arm gets my right arm will get sore, and I, I'm sure it has something to do with what's in there, but. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm great right now. I'm really excited about the album coming out. I'm really excited about, you know, linking up with Shawnee Records and the Shawnee Foundation and, you know, doing a lot of work with them. They're great people. And, you know, I just, I'm just just riding it out, man, Let's see where it goes.
1: Sounds good.
4: And, well, you, you know, little, little do people know we're going to announce this tonight, but Jess and I are going on tour next summer. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out if it's going to be the Jack and Jew tour or the Herbalist and Mighty Whitey tour. I like Herbalist and Mighty Whitey.
1: Yeah, the vanilla ice thing is working for you, Jack. It's working well for yeah. me? Yeah. All
4: I have to say is...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Another sold-out crowd for the Jack and Tutor. <laughs> well, Jesse's in studio.
3: He's going to be here the whole show. So uh, thanks for being our Survivor Spotlight tonight. Herbalist. Herbalist. Yeah, I can't believe I slept all the way up to Jersey. That was a trip.
6: No, that was awesome. That That was when I was desperate to build my
3: organization.
6: That was awesome. I remember being in (laughs) in the hospital, and my mom was like, hey, you know, I found this cool site online for young adult survivors, and and the founder of it agreed to come have dinner with us.
1: See, it's the illusion of importance. Making (laughs) health calls again, Matthew. (laughs) It's all
4: about the illusion of importance. That's what it is. There's a lot of people in the chat room that are like, oh, I know who Jesse is. I met him at OMG. Exactly. A lot of girls in there. Dum, dum, dum.
1: He's a rock star. OMG 2011.
4: He'll be I,
6: there as well. I2Y has benefited me in many ways.
4: <laughs> oh, next show. I've
3: watched, I've seen that in action and I've <laughs> yeah. turned away in disgust. <laughs> Come on. All righty. Well, it's time to bring out <laughs> boof our. news? Oh, yeah, we have the quick booth news. I <laughs> I <was gonna laughs> you say. forgot
4: about me, didn't you? I always forget about you. You're on a Hello,
3: I'm Kent Brockman and this is I Am we're running late. Oh, oh, Facts,
4: I can make it quick.
3: I know you can. I've heard from many and many a former girlfriend. Go. During this part of the Stupid Cancer what? Show, we... we <laughs> <laughs> what? We listened to Jack LaFarge stammer through a series of special announcements to let our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff we want you to know about. Free stuff like conferences, happy hours, retreats, financial assistance, support groups, concerts, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to broadcast... During this segment, please send an email to Jack Bouvard at any time. His email is jack at
4: i2y.com. All you, bro. Uh, yeah, thanks, pal. Great introduction. My pleasure. All right, folks, first stop events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one stop shop for all stupid cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop, because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out on it, especially if I'm not going to be there. We have upcoming Super Cancer Happy Hours in Minnesota. Where else? We have our boot camp in uh, Southern Jersey, in Jersey, Philadelphia. We have a happy hour in New Orleans. We have one in Ontario. So head on over to events.i2y.com. You'll also see on there the official inaugural Stupid Cancer Crawl. Saturday, November 20th, here in New York City. The official website is Stupid Crawl, crawl.stupidcancer.com. That Again, is crawl.stupidcancer.com. That's correct. Crawl.stupidcancer.com. So join the bar call, raise some money for I2Y, and get bomb doing it. Team Stupid Cancer, the nation's first running team exclusively supporting young adults, is completely booked. Myself, Kenny Kane, Susan Moser, Erin Eloise, and many others will be running the New York City Half Marathon this coming March. So head on over to TeamStupidCancer.com. Make a pledge for your favorite runner. We all know that's me, but you can support some of the others. And help support this fabulous organization that we're all a part of the buzz is building around the fourth annual international omg cancer summit for young adults where many girls have met jesse herchowitz and are looking forward to seeing him again this, next april 16th and 17th in new york city omg 2011 april 16th and 17th in new york city and you can go to omg2011.org or.com omg org. thank you sir all right folks being that I lack both the time and the intelligence to share with you all the great stuff we have going on for young adults, I've created the Boof News blog. Everyone needs to check out boofnews.i2y.com. That's dot O O F.i2y.com. It is the official list of all stupid cancer news resources. These resources include surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. There are a bunch of new surveys up there that pay you money, so head on over to boopnews.i2i.com. Take a survey, get some money, spend it, and uh, have a great time. And that, my friends, is your stupid cancer news. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) All right,
3: now I'll stop pretending to ignore Jack and actually ignore him. And we'll bring out our guest tonight. I'm very excited about this show because I spoke at a conference held by this organization about two weeks ago, and Jack and I flew out to Branson, Missouri. We're going to talk about that. So let's kick this off with some green onions. All righty. Sharon France is president and co-founder of the National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators, a nonprofit organization. She is a nurse. With over 20 years' experience caring for persons with cancer and AIDS, Sharon is an advocate for all individuals facing cancer, advocating and empowering individuals through the cancer continuum.
1: And Becky Trump, RN, is the Oncology Nurse Navigator at Suburban Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland. She is certified in Oncology Nursing by the Oncology Nursing Society and in Breast Cancer Patient Navigation by the National Consortium of Breast Centers. Becky Trupp is the Vice President and Co-Founder of the National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators, and we are thrilled to have both Becky and Sharon on the show. Sharon, friends, and Becky Trupp. Hey
5: there. Wow. Hello. We're thrilled to be on here as well.
1: Welcome,
3: welcome. Welcome, welcome, ladies. It's a pleasure to be closer to you than than I was an hour ago.
1: I'm the only one of the three of us who have not met these wonderful women.
3: Loser. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to change
1: that. Weren't we we supposed to ignore Jack now? Well, they're coming
3: to the summit. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
4: Fantastic. So just be there this year,
3: my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the uh, OMG 2011 Summit being held April 16th and 17th here in New York City has a breakout session on insurance and navigation, and Becky and Sharon are on the panel. That's exciting. With Laura, um, with Joanna Morales from the Cancer Legal Resource Center.
1: Lucky up. That's going to be a great panel.
3: It's an hour and 15-minute panel. That's actually the one segment of the day I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, the rest of the, the whole event's just crap after that. We're
5: not following Johnny Immerman.
3: No, no, no. Johnny's doing his one bald sex talk in the afternoon. (laughs) Okay. The real Johnny Immerman. Right, and Johnny Immerman, right. for that. For those of you out there, runs an organization called Immerman Angels, which is an amazing peer-matching website for anyone affected by cancer at immermanangels.org. But enough gotta about that. you got to play him. the sound clip.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait, here we go. This ever moment is brought to you
3: by Immerman Angels. Be well, number one. That's Johnny Immerman.
1: Let's get to our nurse navigators, damn it. It's all about them, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about, what is a nurse navigator?
5: A nurse navigator (laughs) is a nurse nurse that um, hopefully gets engaged with the patient at the time they're diagnosed or at suspicious finding of their cancer and navigates the patient through the whole cancer continuum. We like to think of it as the patient having a personal care touch or a personal coach that holds their hand through the whole cancer
1: continuum at no cost to the patient. At no cost to the patient. And where can you find nurse navigators and how many hospitals? Well, there, there are more and
7: more hospitals are employing nurse navigators, so my suggestion is, is that anyone who unfortunately has cancer and enters the hospital system ask, do you have a nurse navigator that can help me?
5: Yeah, right now what we're doing is um, we have on our website, we have a Google map right. that shows where our nurse navigators that are members of our organization's are located, and patients can go to that site and click on the state and see if there's a navigator in their area.
1: And Jack will put up that website in our chat room. Of course.
3: So what, what are yeah. the barriers to getting people aware that nurse navigators exist? It sounds like you're the human version of clinical trials, that you're really, really important, you change lives for the better, but no one's ever heard of you.
7: <laughs> that's some. Um, that's absolutely the case. Um, I think being on shows like this, um, we try to market ourselves um, through, you know, our local um, uh, PCPs and the medical oncologists. It's difficult. I mean, that's a really great question, and, and I wish I had an a excellent answer for it. But it is hard sometimes to get patients to us, and oftentimes by the time they get to us, you know, I could just, like, hit my head against the wall going, oh, my God, I wish I could have had this person, you know, months ago.
5: Right, I agree, and you know the thing we go out we exhibit um we try to market to um big oncology groups and um talk to everybody that we know and on you know, in our neighbors uh when we meet people anywhere, the shopping malls, and let them know you know, or someone like for example, when I met you, you know you know about us, and now you've been promoting us, and we just want to know, patients to know that there are people out there that can help them get through the obstacles and the barriers, and um we know with cancer, there are so many.
1: How long have, have nurse navigators been around, and how did your organization get off the ground?
7: Well, nurse navigation has been around. Well, you know, that's patient navigation has been around for quite some time, and it's evolved into now what we call oncology nurse navigation. And the NCON was struck by how many nurses were out there doing navigation but didn't actually realize that they were doing navigation. So,
1: And can you just, uh, sorry to cut you off for one second, can you just clarify for folks out there, patient navigation and nurse navigation, the difference between those two?
7: Well, patient navigation is generally a more, it's a more a lay navigator where they're in the community, they're removing barriers for patients to get in for screenings um, and those kinds of things. And while nurse navigation also can do that, generally nurse navigation is picked up at the time um, when the patient is entering a hospital system and has a suspicious finding or a, a definitive diagnosis.
5: Yeah. Many times we work in um, parallel with the lay or patient navigator, um, where the patient navigator might be helping patients to um, get access to the hospital, um, appointment system, transportation, child care, and then the nurse takes over on the clinical side so that the patient has someone there for symptom management, um, side effects, or just questions about um, who the people are that are taking care of
1: them. And our show tonight is titled Insurance and Navigation. What can you do to help guide patients through inser- insurance, other than perhaps put the wrong coding <laughs> on their bills so, they, so <laughs> to fudge things so they don't have to have to pay for them? How, how do you guide patients through insurance obstacles? For for myself. Um, I fight with
7: insurance companies trying to get some fees um, decreased for patients. My th- my biggest um, dilemma, as, as a matter of fact, I have a patient right now who's on Medicare, um, not a young patient, but, you know, they won't pay for certain medications, and the woman can't afford them, and um, fighting with Medicare is rather difficult. But, I mean, these are some of the things we do. We try to talk to the case managers and the insurance companies and say, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> This is what's going on with this person. It isn't just some chart in front of you. This is a human being, and this is what's happening, and this is their life situation. What can we do? And oftentimes you get, well, there isn't anything I can do. Well, then let me talk to someone who can do something. I want to talk to the person above you and kind of keep um, keep that going.
5: Yeah, and you know, you're going through cancer, too. You don't even have energy, barely, to even do the things you need to do just to get ready to go to the doctor and then try to fight with an insurance company who wants to use the tree, you know, will we go to step one, answer this question, go to step two. And if you don't answer it correctly or it didn't fit that model, then you just can't get anywhere. And a lot of times what we do is we take that on and we help the patient and give them the power and empower them. And also a lot of times we'll do it with them together in our office and – help them to understand their bill, and, and sometimes we do find errors and problems that we can help them with.
7: It's really great to kick insurance companies' butts.
5: <laughs> yeah. And what's your success rate
7: with that?
3: I mean, I, I just I keep thinking about that scene from The Incredibles where, you know, Mr. Incredible is like stuck at a tax, you know, health insurance, day job, desk job, and that old lady comes in, and she can't pay her bills, and he says... I can't tell you to circle this on the form and take it to Doris in the accounting and I can't tell you to, you know, do a flip on the back and fill out the pink form, but I didn't tell you and it's all the loopholes. Do you how do you guys find out about the loopholes and get people through those those challenges?
5: Well, I think you know one of the things um I know a lot of times patients will call and say, you know, that this didn't get paid for and um Many times it's because the physician or whoever's been taking care of them just didn't document enough or didn't clinically document the reason why they did it. They just ordered a test or did something. So a lot of times going back and talking to the physician or whoever the person is, the medical oncologist or the radiation oncologist, and ask them just to beef up their note. And if that doesn't work, I mean, I've had many times where the, they'll get on the phone with the medical director of the insurance company. And yes. if you push hard enough, it'll happen. I tell and we have never the energy give up. to push hard. You know, yes. someone
7: who's d- uh, dealing with cancer treatment doesn't have the energy, nor should they have to be bothered with it, really. They should just be getting well.
5: You know, sometimes well, I even help them to, you know, type up a form, save it in Word, and we just keep pounding it and sending it back and forth to the um, people on the other side of the insurance wall. And, um, you know, if you're persistent, um, it pays off. But it is difficult, especially right now, the way the economy is hard
3: let me ask you a question what are the barriers to adoption for a cancer center to hire a nurse navigator or to take one of their existing nurses and can they send them for training subspecialty training to be certified as a navigator
7: well the biggest biggest, barrier is money yes money the biggest barrier is money when i started um at suburban i was um, paid by a grant, and then the second year I was there, I had to write the grant um, to, to keep my job. And then in the end, um, it's I'm paid by the hospital and also through foundation monies um, because they see the value in in the role. As far as getting certified, I mean, for breast cancer, there are some certifications for nurse navigators, um, but general nurse navigation for all cancer sites, there really isn't anything. And yeah. um, we do support um nurse navigators getting the oncology certified nurse um certification through the ONS, but there really isn't a general certification.
5: Right. And that's that's something that we really want to do too, is to make sure that the nurses that are taking care of the patients doing the navigation are competent nurses that have the skill set and the energy to help the patients get navigated through this the complexities of the healthcare system. But the barrier sometimes is also having a champion, just like the patient needs a champion. The nurse that wants to be the navigator, she needs a champion too. And hopefully that's her cancer director or physician.
7: Or surgeon, right. My champions are my surgeons.
1: Are your surgeons, yeah. And I'm sorry, the certification for a breast cancer nurse navigator, you said, is from the ONS? Is that right?
7: Well, no. They uh, ONS has a general certification for oncology certified nurse, They have a certified breast cancer nurse. Um, The National Consortium of Breast Centers has the um, um, certification for breast patient navigator. And then there is also a private um, place, Educare, that does uh, breast patient navigation.
1: Okay. So how much time do you spend navigating as opposed to nursing, and what are some of the biggest issues (laughs) in addition to insurance (coughs) that you deal with uh, with patients on a daily basis.
5: Well, we don't do any nursing, really, clinical well, bedside nursing. Uh, it's really education and... Uh, and advocacy. And advocacy. I... And um, as far but as I would insurance...
7: That... Sorry. Go ahead. I would consider that nursing. I mean, if you look at sure. the definition yeah. of nursing, you know, sure. healing the whole person and, and all of that, um, while, no, we're not at the bedside and we're not doing dressing changes.
5: But it's the fact right. of social support that the quality of life issues that many times, especially in young ca- adult cancer patients, I think are ignored. And I think Matthew, Zachary, and Jack, you know, they have, you know, eloquently, you know, shown that, that people just don't get um they don't get those things met, so it's hard for them to go um, through their whole cancer experience and even complete treatment I, because nobody really looks at them as a person.
3: I just have to interrupt, and I'm sorry, that that was the very first time in history anyone said Jack before and
4: eloquent in the same sentence. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. That's a word I was never
5: told hey, growing up. Well, Jack deserves a bone every once in a while. Yeah. You know? See, they yeah. know you too well. So let repeat that part, and <laughs> we'll
3: time stamp. will just it? play play it back over and over again on the web tomorrow. Can't wait, wait for my mom to hear this part. Right.
1: So I'm, I'm just interested sorry, to know, if you No, know, if you could, if you could just follow up, what you spend most of your time doing. We, we've talked about insurance. Is there uh, other other sort of issues that come to the forefront, you know, more than some others in terms of your navigation? Helping patients. I think
5: re- I think reinforcement of the treatment plan is probably one of the biggest areas because you know you get your diagnosis of cancer, they give you a treatment plan, you leave, and then you can't remember anything. And I find that in navigation, that's one of the things that we do a lot of is reinforcement of the treatment plan, explaining and educating the patient is huge. I mean, that's what my from my experience.
7: And and that I spend a tremendous amount of time on the phone. Sort of knocking things around with patients what should i do what do you think is the best thing Um, my doctor told me this what does that mean so we do a lot of that and a lot of our work is done by phone
5: yeah so but you know i'm sorry go ahead no, no, please, you, you finish up. And, and, you know, like in, you, I heard guys on the show earlier talking about the um, um, reconstruction surgery in uh, New York being paid for. In Maryland, for example, there is the breast um, cancer cervical um, treatment uh, program. And a lot of times we fill out forms for patients, to help them get interpretation services, and um, actually just help them to, you know, I mean, with the fog in their head of just having cancer, sometimes it's just getting them organized helping them to just start somewhere, just to make the first step.
1: So without pointing the finger at any of the doctors that you work with, what just generally speaking do you think is lacking from the community of doctors as a whole as you see how they deal with young adult cancer patients? Uh. Oh my Becky, god! Becky, go for it. That is my <laughs>
7: like my. Let me pull my soapbox up.
1: I was going to um, say maybe as Chandler once said on Friends, "Can open worms everywhere."
7: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean the biggest problem, and even Jesse mentioned it. It's like you know you're 25 years old. Well, you can't possibly have anything serious, you know. Right. So let let me give you Vicodin and or some Robitussin and off you go. Robitussin. And you know it's it's awful and one of the things i try to do when i'm out in the community um is tell young people if you think something is not right and someone is hand, handing you you know take some a couple of Tylenol and call me you know in 4 weeks and you just have a gut feeling that this is not right you need to push you need to be your own advocate because this is i see this in my young patient population is that they sit, they sit, they sit, and then when they finally get a diagnosis, they have a stage four diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So and, I think it's
5: communication. It's, the doctors don't listen sometimes. or, or well, they, just they don't, don't think they don't look for, person. Right. They don't listen. How
7: could a 25-year-old have breast cancer? How could this 25-year-old have... I've cancer. I've right now who's going off to hospice. He's 24 years old. And wow. And, y- you know, they don't even know the origin of his cancer. But he was playing... Um, kickball down on the National Mall, broke a bone.
5: Right. And I think, you know, that physicians, I mean, I think overall most physicians just need to listen to the patient and not assume that there's something, uh, that everything's okay. You know, but, I mean, right.
7: and that's I one of the And they need a things. better education. Yeah. They need to be educated. I mean, because I, we just don't talk about this.
5: But I think it all comes back to what we started out the conversation about is because of insurance and reimbursement, physicians don't get to spend the time with the patients that they used to get to spend Mm -hmm. because they got to see so many people in order to, um, you know, to get enough money to operate the practice. And um, so they're lacking that, the time that they need to have with their patients.
3: So talk me through, all right, I'm a young man. I'm in college. I want to be a nurse. At what point during my curriculum or my my practicum or my residency, I don't know how how nursing works. I'm making this up. To, am I made aware that there is a uh, sort of a a, a a little bonus to my career where I can move into navigation? Because it sounds like navigation is the the pissed off stepsister of nursing, because you <laughs> you know. I like that. You know, That's a
1: t-shirt. Yeah, there you go.
3: Like, you guys are doing so much work as nurses, taking care of the patients, and you got so fed up with a system that puts nothing but barriers between you and actually doing your job that you now have to basically walk the dog and clean the dishes and, and fix up the house on top of what you do on a daily basis. And where can nurses that are in school, people that are interested in becoming nurses, get information that this is a new, viable track for their career?
7: So they can get wow. it at our website, Ncon But unfortunately But you're not there's gonna there's
5: get not, it in nursing school. You're okay. not gonna
7: get it yet. You're not, not gonna yet. see it yet. I, I think my nursing it. school and, and speak to them. Um but um yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna see that unfortunately.
1: Yeah. When will you? Right. What's your goal? Five years? <laughs>
5: I think two to five two years, years um you're gonna see um this become part of the curriculum and I think that it's gonna be because of patients. And uh, people like you guys on your show, um, patients demand to have a more personal, um, you know, quality of care in their um, treatment in addition to the chemo, radiation, surgery. They want someone that actually is there for them to answer their questions. So I think that patients are going to push it because of patient satisfaction um, at hospitals. And, yeah, I and I think that's how it's going to change. And I think also, you know, that... Um, Because of the limited time that patients have with their caregivers, this is something that nurses are going to find a lot of. I don't think of this as a bedrudgingly awful job to have or that I'm pissed off. I think of it as a way that I can actually change the face of cancer, really do something that I love to do, and um, help people who really need it.
3: Do you find that you have more hellfire-driven conversations with doctors or with insurance companies?
5: insurance companies. Okay. <laughs> on what day it is but insurance companies always <laughs> I mean yeah. you
3: you get a lot of blowback for having to be such a, you know, a passionate advocate on behalf of someone else.
5: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I say to him, "Listen, this if this was your son, you what? are putting this person through hell." Yep. You know, I say it all you know, the time. Yeah. You know, think about How what would you're you doing feel, here.
7: Right. How would you feel if this were your mother?
5: Yeah, what there are you that. doing? You know, you're denying them access to something they need to, you know, to live. You know, And what I'm kind of a Jewish
7: girl. I know how to
1: give the guilt.
5: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're professional nurse guilters. That's
3: fantastic.
1: Can we record right. one of your calls to an insurance company and play it over the air <laughs> of our show? Oh, we need that. We so need that. I think we really need to do that. I would love that. <laughs> I Basically, think with HIPAA we, we probably wouldn't be able to because, you know, the, <laughs> right. the regulations. There, There is but, that. But, you know,
2: not we could probably mock, mock one,
5: right. <laughs> We could mock one for you.
2: Yes. We All right, you I, I,
3: you're you're uh, you're United Healthcare. Go.
4: What? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you want so us you... to pay for your treatment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, come, you,
7: so why so did you need treatment? that treatment that I have to right. talk to a computer?
4: Right.
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. Before
7: I'm even talking to a human being, I'm yelling at the computer. <laughs> for right.
4: English, press Pick one. option five. <laughs> If you would like to speak to a live person, hang up and call your mother.
5: Right, <laughs> right. right, right. Oh, but, you know, you think about it. You know, the time in your day, you're going to the, you're going to your oncologist, you're going to the radiation oncologist, you're going to the surgeon, you're going to the endocrinologist. Maybe you have other health issues, and then you have to spend 90 minutes in the queue waiting to talk to a computer, or have to leave a message because. Um, the time ran out, and the insurance company, you know, didn't ever pick up the phone. It's very frustrating. And so we recognize that, and we a lot of times take on that for the patient.
3: Now, you guys just had your second annual conference. Yes. And as someone who's coming up on our fourth annual conference, I can tell you how much hair I lost between our first and our second <laughs> annual conference. I Being there with Jack, it was extraordinarily well-executed. And most people don't know this, but this conference was originally supposed to be held at the Grand Ole Opera in Nashville, which got destroyed by Al Gore. And, unfortunately, <laughs> everything got flooded, and they had to move it at a moment's notice to Branson, yes. Missouri. With finesse and grace, you guys did a great job. But I'd like to hear you. in your own words, you know, you had several hundred people there. Clearly, you're growing people are buying this Kool-Aid. It's necessary. What type of feedback did you get from folks about the conference? And don't just praise me. Talk about everybody else.
7: Well, everyone did really
5: love you, Matthew.
1: <laughs> we well, got the um, highest
5: of vowel score and I think you, you saw did. that. Yeah. You know we're
1: in you know we're in opposite land here that don't just praise me means praise me. You picked <laughs> pick up on <laughs> that. Very good. <laughs> right. Um Matthew Dr. got a
3: psychologist too. Yeah.
5: Right. I mean, two standing ovations. I mean, people just loved you. And I think that, um, you know, as far as the successes, I mean, you know, we, I think the thing is that people are starting to get the fact that people actually want the the healthcare system to be less complex and less fragmented. And I think that came through in our conference. And I, you know, it was hard for us to move our conference because Branson, Missouri is not a hot spot. Yes, it's it not is. Natural. That's
4: where the Yakov Smirnoff theater is.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and you get your own knife when you go to dinner. Yeah,
2: that's, that's true.
4: Your own
5: knife. That, that was cool. True.
4: In fact, I was really nervous after everyone at my table was given a knife because I was like, "This is it, this could be the end for me.",
5: <laughs> yeah. but I mean you know, every you know, and the thing is is that nurses you know that are navigating are are usually very good clinical nurses already, so they're really looking at things to really expand and improve on how they take care of patients and having someone like Matthew Zachary and Jack there, and then some of our other speakers to talk about the psychosocial support that we need to really complement the care that we give. And that's what we we plan on doing in our third conference too. You know, trying to build on that because to be good caregivers, we have to take care of the whole person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Becky and Sharon, and we have to wrap up soon, unfortunately. But tell us if you're at a hospital where there's no nurse navigator yet, and you know you put in the word that you'd like one, but you're just you know you're going through treatment and they're not there yet. What advice would you give to a patient like that in terms of how they should try and handle their treatment?
7: Wow, thank
2: um, well, I think um, I guess
7: they need to get you know they need to find um a friend or family member who they can who's willing and able to advocate for them, but I would also say um that they could call ncon or go to the website and look for someone who may be close yeah. to where they are. And call that that navigator. I've gotten phone calls from people in California that I've helped. You know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter that that they're in my health care system. If I get a phone call from a patient who has a need,
5: I'm going to help them.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great to know. So you will do phone consultations essentially. Oh yeah, yeah, We're absolutely, absolutely. We will.
5: And we'll find navigators that are closest to wherever hospital that or um, cancer center you're getting taken care of. And the navigators that are members of our organization are more than willing to reach out and help someone, even if they're not a patient that they're taking care
1: of. That's great. Good to know.
5: Yep.
3: So what's in store for you guys? Obviously, you've probably already started planning your conference next year. And uh, I, I don't really have my prognostication skills that I used to, but I'm going to go with St. Louis will be destroyed. So don't plan it for St.
5: Louis. We're thinking West Coast. Yes. San Diego
4: is the greatest city in the country for conferences. It'll be in California before it falls into the Pacific. Yes. Right. Right.
5: Right. Right. I mean, that's, you know, we actually are members. We ask the nurses where they want to go, and that's what we'll we'll go where, you know, we're a membership organization, and we try to listen to our patients, and we try to listen to our members. And um, they say warm West Coast. That's probably where we'll be.
1: Where are and most we hope of, to have huh I was just going to say where are most of your nurse navigators located if you are sort of heavy in one region as opposed to another
7: We are where the the top places are here on the east coast Texas um and California
5: Okay Yeah and it looks it looks like Florida is starting to grow more too um but um, California has been growing like crazy a lot, of na- a lot of nurse navigations. You know, you know, California is so progressive. You give them an idea they want to be first.
1: Oh, yeah. That yeah. all starts out there, and then the wave sort of heads east. Exactly.
3: Yep. And now the yeah. Spicoli's Law is going to pass tomorrow. It will be an even better place for medicine.
5: <laughs> there you go. There you go. And hopefully at one day our goal is, is that every patient is diagnosed with cancer, regardless of their age or their cancer, will have someone holding their hand, and it will be a nurse navigator. That will be a member of our oh. organization. That's, what we, that's our dream. Yes.
1: That's it our is. Mission. Great dream. It's, I love these women. I no, can't wait to meet you guys at OMG. I am
5: so pa-
3: I I get very passionate about very few things. I I love, you know, Deborah Davis and the cell phone thing. I yeah. I, I there's just something about the idea of a pissed off nurse that, <laughs> that wants to tell off the insurance companies and grab the bull by the horns that I it just I love it. I think you guys are really innovating the field. And I I'm I stand here humbly wanting to help you do whatever you can. Thank
5: you, thank you. I second that. Yes, I guess I'll come
3: along too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll drag Jack along for the ride. Yeah, and
5: anyone out there that's looking for a navigator, give us a call or um, email us or go to our website, and we'll be happy to connect you with someone. Or Becky and I'll I'll navigate you ourselves. Absolutely. And the website
3: is N C O N N org. Correct. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Sharon Franks and Becky Trupp.
1: Thank you both. Thank you. Thank
2: you.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye. I gotta tell you, this nurse navigator stuff is amazing. Yeah, they're great. And it's about stand time we got folks willing to stand up for patients' rights. Well, and like she said, there have been patient navigators out there there right. is a field of patient navigators but and this is in no way to in in any way disenfranchise people to choose that career path. but when you 're a nurse and then you go into navigation, I feel like you have so much more pulse in in how the system works, where the politics lie, and how the loopholes put you at the advantage
1: absolutely you're locked and loaded in other words
3: yes
1: (laughs) you're in there and you're locked and loaded and it's both maddening and heartening to hear the way they speak about the gap in care with doctors and young adults being on the front lines as they are
3: right and robotizing for brain cancer right my story
1: your story mz
3: yes so i guess that brings us to uh
1: the close of another our, fine show. The close of
3: another fine show. Yes, Jack? Well, we should tell everybody where we're going on Wednesday. Jack and I are going to the fifth annual meeting of the Live Strong Young Adult Alliance. We will be in session for three days. Actually, Jack and I are going with Kenny, and we are going with Aaron Spicer, who is the chairman of our board's executive committee and secretary of the board, young adult survivor, and John Filbert young adult survivor of thyroid and lung cancer in Dallas. He was on the show earlier this season, uh, who runs I2Y South Midwest for us. So the five guys, testosterone-laden men, the hulking men, 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 men of I2Y, will be descending upon Austin, Texas, this week for three days to meet with our fellow brethren in young adult survivorship, advocacy, support, community, and education for an amazing once-in-a-year gathering of the minds. Yes. And booze.
1: Mines.
4: Just there is a little bit of booze. Yeah, it is Texas, folks, after all. Anyway. So it'll be fun, and we get to see a lot of our friends, many of whom we've had on the show. Yep. So it's all about supporting the young adult cancer community and collaborating resources and figuring out where the gaps are and filling them. Peace, love, and collaboration, bro. That's right.
0: Where is Johnny? This Ever Moment is brought to you by Everman Angel's
4: you well, number one.
3: All right, and now it's time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the, uh, internets.
4: You ever seen
3: a
2: grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer.
1: All right, folks, that is tonight's show, our 157th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer.
3: We'd like to thank our guests,
1: Sharon, Franz, Becky, Truff,
4: Jesse
3: Hershkowitz, and our live and studio guests, Kenny Kane, Aaron Eloise, Mark Kwan, April Capil, John Savia, and Liz Taytu. Next week's show is all about First Descent. The greatest young adult organization. If you want to go rock climbing and kayaking and hiking and amazing stuff, in our survivor spotlight, the great Ryan Sutter,
2: <laughs> excuse me,
3: young adult cancer advocate and the former contestant of The Bachelorette, the great and powerful Brad Ludden, professional Nike kayak athlete and the founder of First Descent, and Lisa Goodman Goldstein, director of communications for First Descent. And joining us in the studio will be members of the New York City ING Marathon Team for First Descent. It's all about First Descent. If you miss any of our past shows, check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com or download them all at itunes.ituneshow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week live from the chemo deck. Jack Wuppard, Lisa Bernhardt, Amanda Freeman, Captain Simi and I wish you all a great week. Go to, Go bed. to bed. Sumo! Yes.
2: Good night, <laughs> Good night, night Sumo.
3: Bye. Bye.